Welcome once again to Lato's Law. Here's Steve Lato. I have an amazingly diverse audience, and I can mention a story involving some profession, and someone will always contact me and say, Steve, I'm in that profession. I can tell you a little bit about it. And the cool thing here is I mentioned the 737 MAX airplanes not so long ago. And a guy contacted me and said, Steve, I'm a pilot. And I've flown those airplanes before they were grounded. And he goes, I want you to see this article. And he sent me an article. Because the other day I was talking about how a federal judge had ruled that people related to the victims of the people, you know, died in those plane crashes, uh, technically speaking, were crime victims. Because the judge said that that's how it could be construed under federal law. Now... There's another case, and this case is a federal judge dismissing the Boeing 737 MAX pilot lawsuit. So somebody sued Boeing and said, we've been harmed by this whole fiasco, and we want to pursue a claim here. And simpleflying.com ran the story, and this friend of mine sent me this. Uh, I'm not sure if he wants me to say his name, so that's why I'm not saying it, but Joe Kunstler wrote this. And on October 31st, not so long ago, U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Illinois Judge Stephen C. Seeger dismissed the lawsuit against Boeing for Boeing's problems with the Maneuvering Characteristics Augmentation System, or the MCAS, which was supposed to alleviate stall risk. Now, the lawsuit stretched liability law a bit too far, but pilots were right to be concerned. So these are pilots writing this. I mean, this this is uh, written for an audience of pilots, and I think the guy who writes this knows that. So... The question is, what was the lawsuit all about and should it have been dismissed? So, the ruling laid out the troubled history of Boeing 737 MAX development. As Boeing sees it, any design flaws did not proximately cause any loss of income allegedly suffered by the pilots. Exactly right. And what happened was, pilots had filed a lawsuit against Boeing, saying they had wasted time and money learning how to fly these planes so that when the planes got grounded, they wanted to be compensated for the time and effort they put into learning how to fly these planes, which had been grounded. The ruling does explain the pilots who brought suit did suffer a financial loss from getting certified for flying airplanes that did not fly due to the 737 MAX's grounding that only ended in November of 2020. Nevertheless, Illinois state law found cause is established only if the defendant's conduct is so closely tied to the plaintiff's injury that he should be held legally responsible for it, and the judge didn't see that. Furthermore, the judge quoted the late conservative Supreme Court Justice Scalia, who wrote, Life is too short to pursue every human act its most remote consequences. For want of a nail, a kingdom is lost, is a commentary on fate, not the statement of a major cause of action against a blacksmith. And it also cites Holmes here. But here's the thing. I think that's the case, Holmes. But point is that did these pilots invest money? Yes. Was the money squandered because they invested it in something they couldn't use the way they wanted to? Yes. Is that Boeing's fault? Most people say, I I can kind of see that. Legally, can you sue for that? Judge says no. The ruling went on to say that claiming damages based on misfortune suffered by a stranger was too much for the court to uphold. The judge says stretching causation to cover people who weren't on the crashed planes would expand the boundaries of liability much too far. It is foreseeable that a defective plane might not fly, and it is natural to think that a defective design might cause accidents. 
But when you think about a defective plane and the problems that could ensue, lost income by people who don't crash probably isn't at the top of the list. And causation is one of the things they talk about in the law. So something bad happened, okay? The court will look at it and go, okay, who caused it? What's, what was the causation of that? And so the question then is, if somebody got hurt by his planes crashing, what was the cause? Was it bad piloting? Was it a mechanical design? What was it? Turns out they say the design of the plane is at fault here. Okay, that's the causation. Now, what injuries flowed from that causation? And you'd say, well, two planes crashed, and on board, I believe every single person died on those two planes. Okay, wrongful death for all those people makes complete sense. Pilots are saying, well, yeah, but we trained to fly on those planes, and therefore we couldn't fly on the planes, and the planes got grounded. We are out the cost and the inconvenience of training. <laughs> the judge says, well, you know, that's a little bit of a stretch. And so, again, when you think about a defective plane and the problems that follow, lost income by people who don't crash probably isn't at the top of the list. A reading of the 53-page court order shows the judge was clearly concerned about extending product liability to new boundaries. Furthermore, the judge found that there was no contractual obligation to airline employees, only the airline that purchased the airframes as a separate standalone entity. And that's another thing. Sometimes you look at the relationship between the parties. So Boeing sells airplanes to an airline. Airline uses those airplanes and is flying customers around with them. And when one of those planes crashes, well, the people who represent the victims can sue the airline, but they can also sue Boeing because of the fact that that bad design directly caused the death of the loved one, right? The question is, a person who's over here training to fly on these planes... What relationship do they have to Boeing? And is Boeing really in a relationship with them at all? Because that's one of the points here, is that if Boeing had told these people, you guys go get training and you can fly our planes, and somehow you, Boeing was on the hook for that, but, but Boeing wasn't. Boeing simply sells the planes into the marketplace and the airlines do something with them. And so why these pilots got the training I'm not exactly sure who told them to get the training. If it was their airlines, you know, like let's suppose you worked for, you know, Northwest. <laughs> and Northwest sent you for training and you wasted all your time there. You had to pay for the training yourself. Um, you might have a cause of action against Northwest for making you do that. But I'm joking, of course, about Northwest. Judge Seeger also found the pilots did not get MAX certified because of manuals lacking proper information about MCAS. This means concerns about withholding information around MCAS is not a sufficient cause to bring a lawsuit in a federal district court. Regardless of the dismissal of the litigation, pilots were rightfully concerned. Back in 2019, during the height of the MCAS crisis with hundreds of 737 MAX airframes grounded, renowned airline pilot Captain Sullenberger castigated MCAS as a death trap. In a letter to the New York Times Magazine, he said, inadequate pilot training and insufficient pilot experience are problems worldwide, but they do not excuse the fatally flawed design of the MCAS that was a death trap. The system was so bad, it took multiple attempts to remedy the system to the point of safety after two tragic crashes, finally concluding with Boeing having to redesign the software 
adding additional angle of attack probes and requiring simulation time before the Maxes were recertified to fly. In late 2022, after several years of airline service, the 737 MAX has become a safe aircraft for pilots and passengers. The runaway elevator problem created by MCAS in the late 2010s is no more. Nonetheless, pilots were inconvenienced by training to fly an aircraft and having to wait several years for MCAS and the 737 MAX to become truly safe. And so the author of this article is saying, look, these guys were inconvenienced. They were. And the plane had issues. It did. But the fact that you trained to fly the plane and it got grounded for a couple years, you can't sue the airplane manufacturer for that. That's what the judge is saying. And if you think about everything in life that happens where something happens over a year and it causes you problems down here, okay, whatever it might be, um, there are going to be things in life you can't sue for. You can't sue for everything. I know a lot of people go, but Steve, in America, we do sue for everything. (laughs) Of course we do. And the lawsuits get thrown out. Lawsuits get thrown out. And this case was dismissed. It was thrown out. Now, they could take it up on appeal, I suspect, but I don't know if we'd see that here. If I had to guess, I would think not. And uh, we'll see. I can be proven wrong. But again, a guy who's a pilot contacted me and said, Steve, check the story out. Just to let you know, there's another side of the 737 MAX story. And uh, so there you go. From simpleflying.com, Joe Kunstler wrote it. Federal judge dismisses the Boeing 737 MAX pilot lawsuit. The lawsuit filed on behalf of pilots who weren't in planes that crashed. In fact, they weren't in planes at all. They were upset because they trained to be in a plane that they were not then going to fly because it got grounded. But the court dismissed the case. Questions, your comments, put them below. Let's talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you for watching Lato's Law. Come on, Ross. You're a paleontologist. Dig a little deeper.